It's Tuesday, December the 28th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, COVID restrictions tighten in France and loosen in America. First, the world in brief. France announced tighter COVID-19 restrictions from January 3rd, including a mandatory work-at-home order for those who are able to. Over 100,000 infections were reported in the country on Christmas Day. It had already unveiled plans to require proof of vaccination for entry to restaurants, cinemas and more starting January 15th. Public health officials in America recommended that infected people without symptoms isolate for five days rather than ten. Many firms, notably airlines, face COVID-induced staff shortages. Meanwhile, Israel began studying the effectiveness of a fourth dose of the COVID-19 vaccine by jabbing 150 medical workers. It hopes to offer a second booster to people over 60, the clinically vulnerable and healthcare employees. China complained to the United Nations that its space station has twice had to dodge out of the way of satellites operated by Elon Musk's Starlink programme. The incidents reportedly happened in July and October. Starlink has launched around 1,900 satellites which are orbiting the Earth to provide broadband services. President Joe Biden signed a $768 billion defence spending bill into law. It had passed Congress with bipartisan support earlier this month after Republicans managed to add $24 billion to the amount Mr Biden originally requested. The money will be distributed broadly across America's military machine and includes a 2.7% pay rise for armed forces personnel. India blocked the Missionaries of Charity, the organisation founded by Mother Teresa, from receiving overseas donations. The group, which runs schools, hospices and soup kitchens for the poor, can still operate. The government said there were, quote, adverse inputs in the charity's application for a foreign funding licence, but declined to elaborate. Narendra Modi, India's Hindu nationalist prime minister, has targeted both religious minorities and foreign funded NGOs. Poland's president vetoed a law that would have targeted an American-owned television news outlet known for its critical coverage of the government. The bill limits foreign ownership of Polish media companies and would have forced Discovery, an American firm, to sell its majority stake in TVN, a Polish station. Quote, We do not need more disputes, Andrzej Duda said of his veto. America's acting ambassador cheered the move. And fact of the day, 1.98 billion, the number of cinema tickets purchased by Indians in 2017, despite their country having only eight screens per million people. America, by contrast, had only 1.24 billion admissions, despite having 124 screens per million. And now, here's today's agenda. The world in 2022. Germany after Merkel. This week we are looking ahead to next year's big stories. Today, what will be shaping Europe? Germany's new, quote, traffic light coalition, which unites the Social Democrats, SPD, with the Greens and Free Democrats, 
will try to make good on its promise of modernisation after 16 years of governments led by Andrea Merkel. The top priority for the SPD's Olaf Scholz, who took over from Mrs Merkel as Chancellor in December, will be to shepherd the country's energy and climate transition, a task he calls Germany's greatest industrial challenge in a century. Other projects include lifting the minimum wage, liberalising citizenship rules and legalising marijuana. The international to-do list includes a six-month stint in charge of the G7 and a potentially bruising battle with other EU governments over reforming the club's fiscal rules. Yet, like Mrs Merkel before him, Mr Schultz can expect to spend a fair amount of time putting out fires. Omicron may give way to other COVID-19 variants and the government will seek to impose a legal obligation on citizens to get vaccinated. A winter energy crunch looms just as relations with Russia, Germany's main energy partner, deteriorate. The world in 2022. Britain's uncertain future. Boris Johnson, Britain's embattled Prime Minister, is in for a difficult 2022. Beyond the evidence of arrogance, incompetence and poor judgment, his Conservative Party is fundamentally divided between its traditional supporters and its new cohort of working-class voters acquired after the Brexit earthquake. A disunited government will make it harder for Britain to emerge from the chaos of its vote to leave the EU and the COVID-19 pandemic. Britain's woes, however, extend beyond the Conservative Party drama. In Scotland, Nicola Sturgeon, the First Minister, is busy lining up an unlikely shot at a second referendum on independence. Then there is the country's most dysfunctional family. In February, Queen Elizabeth II will become the first British monarch to reign for 70 years. The pomp and ceremony of the Platinum Jubilee celebrations will be tinged with concerns over her health and the state of the monarchy that she will at some point leave behind. The world in 2022. Putin's battlegrounds. Two things stand in the way of Vladimir Putin's absolute crackdown on dissent, elections and the internet. Expect a renewed attack on these remnants of democracy in 2022. Start with elections. The Kremlin's aim is not to throw out the right to vote, but to get rid of any alternative to Mr Putin. Russia's president has already overturned restrictions that would have required him to step down in 2024. The jailing of Alexei Navalny, an opposition leader, and subsequent persecution of his supporters has in effect banned participatory politics. The bigger challenge, however, comes from the internet. The Kremlin has already blocked website links to Mr Navalny and hampered access to some apps and social media sites. The last frontier is YouTube, a highly popular video hosting platform used by millions of Russians. The Kremlin will increase its efforts to bring it into line while continuing to develop its own platform. After all, restoring a monopoly over information is central to Mr Putin's power. The world in 2022. The EU's fiscal rules. The coming year will be a test for the EU's fiscal instincts. 
Governments will battle over reforms to the Stability and Growth Pact, the EU's fiscal rulebook. Countries such as Italy and France, which will hold the rotating presidency of the EU Council whilst holding its own presidential election, will push for less stringent rules on deficits and debts to allow governments to make growth and climate-friendly investments. Germany and other hawks will take a more conservative approach. The debate will coincide with risks to the EU's recovery, including continuing supply chain disruptions, COVID-19 restrictions and a winding down of stimulus from the European Central Bank. A second debate on repaying the debt incurred under the EU's €800 billion, $906 billion pandemic recovery plan will also kick off in 2022. The European Commission will propose climate and other EU-wide taxes to pay the bills when they fall due later in the decade. Eurocrats hope governments will prefer EU-wide common taxes over increases to their contributions to the EU's budget. But finding agreement on such taxes has always proved devilishly difficult. Winter Quiz, Week 3 the battle with Aberistas continues. As in previous weeks, we'll serve you a new question each day. On Thursday, your challenge will be to give all four answers and tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Thursday to editor-espresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Friday. Tuesday. What successful small car was introduced by Fiat in 1983? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Susan Sontag, who died on this day in 2004. I envy paranoids. They actually feel people are paying attention to them. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. <laughs> 